Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. My guest today on Freedom Forum Radio is is someone who I respect greatly because he is a constitutional sheriff. And he's probably going to tell you what that means because he lives that every day of his service to Cherokee County. You know, Sheriff, uh, that is a a really excellent point that you bring up. And I want to contrast to you what happened in 2008 when Barack Obama was elected. Uh, Most of us were extremely unhappy. Most of us were extremely concerned uh, when he wanted to fundamentally change America. We were we knew what he meant, and we knew that that was un-American, that it was against the very founding, about everything that's in the founding documents of our country, uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We knew that his intention was to negate those uh, documents, to change our nation into a socialist, globalist uh, a member of a of a globalist governance through the UN and whatever. We knew all that. But nevertheless, we did not stand around rooting for, for the failure of our country. We wanted to make sure that we could prevent him from achieving his agenda, which we knew was un-American and bad for us for the future, for our children and our grandchildren. But we did not sit around sabotaging him, praying for for our country not to succeed. The difference now is these people in the street, their prayer, they don't pray, but <laughs> their prayer, if they were to pray, was that the country would itself crumble so that they could take over. And it is all about Donald Trump. It is all about preventing a Donald Trump from being elected. After he was elected, they spent three and a half years trying to... to try anything, even, even the FBI. I cannot believe that, that a, a government agency uh, like the FBI would be so corrupt as to be involved in an attempt to overthrow the presidency of a duly elected president. But that's what we have. That's what we've been witnessing for three and a half years. And as you so eloquently said a few minutes ago, uh, all of this is about destroying a presidency because he wants to drain the swamp and restore America to the greatness that our founders envisioned for our country. Uh, I, you know, I can't help but to believe that and feel that way. If you 
look at the reasonings that behind a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, you can't come up with a valid reason. You can't come up with a reason of why that you want to see a lot of these things happen. And you would let mayors of towns and cities just hand their cities over to these mobs and just hand them over to people, um, have for the police to evacuate complete areas and say, you can have it, you know, and we're not going to allow the police to come back in and take control of things. Um, you know, if, if we really, truly as a nation and a lot of these politicians really, truly cared about their communities, cared about their people, cared about the survival of this nation, cared about us, uh, getting beyond this phase of our history and getting on to a new future, um, they would in no way in shape, form or fashion allow mob rule to overtake and overthrow their communities and their cities. They would use every resource they had, including the military, to come in to keep control of their cities and keep control uh, of of these places. Um, you know, we're we're to a place now, and I'm, it's sad to say, but I, I was sharing with some people yesterday, almost every law enforcement officer I know, whether on a state, local level, almost every officer I know on a personal level wants to get out of it and wants to find something else to do and wants to find somewhere else to go. Uh, because in law enforcement, we feel like that we're just out here on our own, that we're not getting support from the judicial system. We're not getting support from district attorney's offices. We're not getting support uh, from our mayors. We're not getting support from our communities. Uh, and I'm talking about in generalization. I'm not talking about locally in Murphy. I'm just talking about nationwide. Uh, the mentality is that we feel like we're not getting support uh, from anybody, and we're out here on the streets by ourselves. Law enforcement uh, is one of the very few professions that you're not allowed to simply make a mistake anymore. Uh, used to, you know, the weight of the evidence went to the law law enforcement officer. Law enforcement law enforcement officers had um, certain immunities and different things if they were acting in good faith, you know, and and were trying to do the best they could do. Uh, but the way it looks anymore is a lot of our governors, a lot of our mayors, a lot of our people that's in charge in these cities are looking for reasons to arrest law enforcement officers, are looking for reasons to put them in jail, or are giving them up to mobs, or giving them up to lawsuits and different things that are happening out there. And and most police officers that I know will tell you that even when they go in the judicial system, when they go to court, that they feel like they are on trial in court, that it's not about whether the criminal is guilty or innocent. It's about whether they did everything the right way or whether they did anything wrong or made any mistakes. And their entire integrity, their entire career, their entire profession is put on trial every time we have a trial in court. And and that's uh, and law enforcement is just reaching the point to where we, we feel like that we've been beat up so much. Do we really want to continue to expose our family to this? Do we really want to expose our livelihoods to this? And a lot of us keep doing it and keep going on, not because of, of we we love it. We still love it. It's not because we we're making lots of money and we're getting rich. We're doing it because we still love our communities and we still believe in the constitution and we still believe in the rule of law and the rule of order. And we know that if we step away from it, that this country will go into complete chaos if, if we step away from it. My guest today on Freedom Forum Radio is, is someone who I respect greatly because he is a constitutional sheriff, and he's probably going to tell you what that means because he lives that every day of his service to Cherokee County. 
you know, you this point that you've raised, again, you've very eloquently addressed a critical issue for us in our nation. Um, I read the other day that uh, the enrollment in law enforcement courses is down 80%. Yes. I'm not surprised, and I'm sure you're not mm-hmm. surprised either. And there is definitely a, a difference if you are a law enforcement officer out here in a rural area, especially a conservative Christian area like we live in, right. where people, people respect you, respect mm-hmm. the law, uh, and, and have a, a sense of morality in their lives, uh, which allows them to say, you know, those those police, those law enforcement officers, not just police, mm-hmm. whether it's sheriffs, whatever, the law right. enforcement, they are doing the job that they are meant to do, and we respect mm-hmm. them for doing it. Uh, the problem really is not here. Right. The problem is in the cities where that have been getting further and further out of control right. for, for decades. Well, when you look back at, at, at riots or, you know, that have been going on for the last 50 years in the cities, they come kind of in clusters. Originally, they may have been certainly related to bad events. And, and we're all human. You know, yeah. People make mistakes. And we certainly can discuss that. But there would be a period of rioting and whatever, and it would go away and things would get better for a while. But what we've seen in the last in the last few years is just a progressive increase in the lawlessness of legitimate protests. I mean, uh, what happened to George Floyd was, was absolutely terrible. It was horrific. It, it, was, it really it was. That should never have happened. He was murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but looting and burning down cities, destroying the livelihoods of other honest cities, destroying their property and stealing their property, that really does not address the wrong that was committed. Right. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't care how many big screen TVs you, <laughs> you, you steal, it's not going to do anything to change uh, whatever inequities there are in the system. Well, it's just like if we get in a fight out here in the parking lot in front of the radio studio here, and we get in a fight out here and somebody gets hurt, does that give me the right to come back to break into this studio and to steal their equipment and and all those kind of things? No, it doesn't. It doesn't justify or rectify what what the issue is out there. Uh, One thing about law enforcement, you know, that that I've always said is that every single day we have room for improvement. It doesn't matter what profession you're in, what business you're in. We we need to look every day at what we're doing wrong and how to improve it and how to make it better. Uh, we all go through times. We all go through or through situations and circumstances that hits us out of the blue, that uh, mistakes were made, things were done that we, we can't change, we can't, we can't go back and fix. But we can look at it and say, how can we do it better tomorrow? How can we do it better starting today, uh, try to make things better and rectify things that are done? But when you look at law enforcement, one of the things that people tend to forget is nationwide, there are roughly about 5.5 million contacts with law enforcement officers and the public every day, about 5.5 million every single day in America. So when you think about all those contacts that happens every day, even though the, the things that, that happened, like with George Floyd, it's horrific. It should never have happened. Those officers should be prosecuted. They should go to jail, um, not defending them in any way, shape, form, or fashion. 
But when you look at those major incidents of things like that are happened are very few and far between. Uh, when you look at compared to how many contacts there are every day between law enforcement and people. And, and so, you know, all those, those get the spotlight, those get broadcasted and those get showed over and over on the evening news. Uh, every day there's about a five and a half million contacts uh, that goes smooth, that there's good interactions with, with the public, that the police are there to help, uh, that they're there to benefit their communities. And I would tell you that the vast majority of law enforcement officers in the United States of America, the vast majority are, are good men and women that's there for the right reasons, that are there just trying uh, to keep law and order, that's there to protect the Constitution, that's there to, to protect the laws of the land. What this is symptomatic of, and I'm glad you brought up that point, is the entire group is being blamed for the bad actions of one person. Right. That is the hallmark of liberal ideology. Groupthink, mm-hmm. collectivism. The group is responsible, not the individual, as opposed to those of us who understand freedom, understand individual freedom, and understand the Constitution and Bill of Rights. In those documents, we are given individual rights as individual persons. And the government has the job of protecting and securing those rights of the individual. There's nothing in the Constitution about protecting the rights of groups. Groups don't have rights. Right. They have they don't have rights at all. Yeah. It's the individual on which our law system, our our system of laws, due process, confers rights upon individual persons. But it is the liberals who want to group us into this amalgam of unsimilar people, put them in a group. And so, and exactly what happened Mm -hmm. with George Floyd, it's not that police officer's responsibility or guilt. Right. That guilt is immediately transferred to the entire group of law enforcement Mm -hmm. uh, individuals, which then allows them in their agenda to try to change law enforcement. Right. Instead of punishing the perpetrator of an evil deed. Right. And going back to even on a local level, you know, with the Sheriff's Association in North Carolina, uh, we, we have been discussions among our own offices and among each other about ways of, of doing things better in law enforcement and things that we could look at amongst ourselves as to implement within the Sheriff's offices. One of the things about the Office of Sheriff is is the only constitutional law enforcement position there is. Every other law enforcement position, whether it's federal, state, local, uh, police departments, whatever, those work for somebody. They work for a mayor. They work for a governor. They work for the president. They work for somebody. Uh, The office of sheriff is the only constitutional law enforcement position there is. Uh, And so we pride ourselves on that about being autonomous with our own counties, being able to make decisions for your county being able to make decisions for your people and representing your people and what your people wants for your county. Uh, so with that being said, you know, we, we've been in discussion. Our Sheriff's Association president put out a thing the other day where they're wanting to develop a task force and look at across the state and put some sheriffs in this task force and representatives from all the regions as to look at law enforcement in general, what we're doing at the sheriff's offices, uh, implementing some things that, that we could do better, you know, and that might be beneficial. 
But one of the things we're terrified of, and we've talked with our with our fellow sheriffs in Western North Carolina, I talked to two yesterday about this, is the fact of we don't want to go into these meetings and and something happen like what the governor is doing now, that we implement some broadband legislation statewide that impacts every sheriff's office in the state uh, where it would be beneficial to Charlotte-Mecklenburg or be beneficial to Raleigh-Durham or be beneficial to some of these places that need some things fixed, that may need some some changes, uh, but we don't want to do a broadband implementation of legislation that would affect law enforcement statewide. Um, so we're we're trying to look at that and be very careful with that. That uh, we we remain autonomous in our counties, that we remain able to make decisions for our counties and our hiring practices and discipline practices and those type of things, uh, without without trying to implement something that would that that Charlotte Mecklenburg really needs, but it affects Cherokee County because we did some broadband legislation on it. It's really interesting when that happens because the vast majority of counties in North Carolina are rural and conservative counties. Right. And the the problem comes because they are not the centers of population. Mm-hmm. And so when you have large masses of population in a few areas, those those areas have a lot of representation in the legislature, and it's easy for them to vote as blocks to to pass legislation that is favorable to large city blocks. The rural counties of our state have got to band together, politically speaking, in order to survive. Otherwise, we are going to be constantly set upon by the, the urban areas and have stuff, have legislation imposed on us just because they have the population, they have a lot of votes in the legislature. So you're right. Yeah. You are a constitutional sheriff, and most of the sheriffs in our rural counties are, are constitutional. constitutional. Mm-hmm. They understand that. And you have to avoid getting lumped into that big mass and have our rights and your right. constitutional rights removed from you and from us. Well, what a lot of people don't realize about that office of sheriff and it being constitutional is the deputies and people on your staff works under your authority. And, and so they are, they're considered by the courts an extension of you. And so what happens is that with a, with a sheriff, you are held civilly and sometimes even criminally liable for the actions of your people. And, and if your people are doing things that, that could incur civil liability, by proxy, you become uh, sued civilly because of what they're doing, and so it's a little, it's different with other law enforcement agencies. If you have a police officer that's out here that's violating policy and doing something that's not right, the town could be sued, you know, the and the the boards and all that could be sued. But the chief is not liable for that officer. The sheriff is different. The sheriff is liable for that officer. So that's one of the reasons why we don't want this broadband legislation to come around to dictate how we do things and how we how we hire and how we fire and how we discipline and all those kind of things. Uh, because if they're an extension of me, then I need to be able to fire at will and hire at will and to discipline at will and do those things, as long as we're not violating one of the federally protected uh, discriminatory things. you know. Um, you know, But we need to be able to have that, that autonomy and that power to make those discipline changes and hiring and firing practices if I'm going to be liable for you personally. And, and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't, don't realize about how that works in the sheriff's office. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. 
Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Once you hear Dr. Dan, weekends on WJRB 95.1 FM, you'll know he's right. The whole concept of universal gun registration, that concept has been used time and time and time again for dictators and governments for knowing who has guns because then you can go and confiscate them once you know uh, where they are. Catch Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. on the Talk of the Mountains, News Talk 95.1.